and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Well, we had uh, such a delightful time in prayer this morning. It was just wonderful to pray, give ourselves to Him, and He was so happy to have participation, you know. He looks for people to participate with. And he delights just to give to people who need him. But it's just a wonderful thing when we come into this uh, this place in our relationship where we're not only wanting to receive good things from him, but we're interested in what's in his heart too. What does he want to do? What is he doing in Jackson, Mississippi? What is he doing in this part of the country? What's he doing in America? What's he doing in North America? What's he doing in the continents of the world? What does he want? And you say, Lord, I want to participate with you. Do you want to work with God? I don't believe there's any higher honor than to work with God. And he counts us faithful, putting us into the ministry, counts us faithful to do something together with him. Can you put up that first um, uh, picture? And while you're putting the picture of the satellite, just the one satellite, I just want to say to uh, Pastor Joel and Peppy, thanks again told them in private, but I just want to say thank you so much. This has been wonderful to be together. And then it's been really nice to be with people that I recognize and I haven't seen in a coon's age. It's just been a long, long time, long, long time since seeing them. And, you know, when you live on the other side of the world, it's just, um, yeah, you're just not in your neck of the woods very often. So it's just wonderful to be here Uh, see people that I really treasure, and then meet new people, people that I've never known but feel like you have, because we're really in one body. Praise the name of the Lord. It's just really good. I've got family here, too. (laughs) Mark and Trina's kids. It's just so good. It's just so good to be in grandkids. So good to be here. Um, Now, so you got that picture up? Oh, we're going to just dive in. into prayer. Can we do that? We're going to talk about a little bit about prayer and then, and then we're going to do some more of it because, Hey, this is a prayer seminar. So, uh, we're, we're doing it. And, um, this is what the Lord helped me to see a different aspect or picture of, of us individually. Now, uh, this is a satellite dish. A satellite dish is unlike um, the radio or television that emits what is being received. This just receives. Is that right? 
Does anybody know more about satellites than I do? And I know nothing. So you're, you're way ahead of me if you know something. If you put one on your ceiling or on your roof, you know, you, you, you ha- put it up there to receive. And uh, it has the ability to receive more than a coat hanger attached to your television. It, uh, it is able to receive things uh, that you can't see with your eyes or hear with your ears, but it's able to bring it in. And then through another transmitter, then it's able then to produce sound. It's able to produce sight. It's able to do that. But it has to be this way. There is in prayer a function of not just output. And I think it really relieves the prayer. Um because you can be brand new and just feel like you're like, you know, you're just like, what do I even start? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't want to say the wrong thing. And because, you know, maybe a prayer wasn't answered and you think, well, I did do the wrong thing. Why don't you pray for me? I'm going to turn my prayer request into somebody else. That's the designated prayer in the church. And, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you can do a better job than me. Or maybe if, if we can get a few folk together, maybe we can, you know, get God to do something. Well, uh, there's so much pressure on, on making the right prayer, saying the right thing. And sometimes a lot depends on it. So this... The Lord helped me because he said, you're, you're just thinking a bit wrong. Prayer isn't first giving out something to God. The perfect structure of words, the right words strung together. It's not giving something to God. Prayer is first of all receiving something from God. You can't give something up until something that starts in God comes to you. In fact, prayer always ends where it begins. And if it doesn't start in God, it never gets there. That's why it has to start with his will, his word. So he he said... Work a bit more on just receiving rather than trying to drum something out and pray harder. Have you ever felt like you needed to pray harder? Maybe pray louder. Maybe we can pray longer. Maybe uh, when I was little, I remember I got so blessed one time. Well, many times. A lot of times when I get blessed, I cry. Anybody know what I'm talking I'm not sad. It makes me cry. When I get really blessed, you know I'm seriously blessed. When I go, <laughs> I'm like extremely happy and blessed when I cry. So I remember it being in the altar. We had altars in the front. I remember thinking, the key must be crying. And I remember staring at a light and wouldn't let my eyes blink until they'd start watering. 
And once I got the pump primed and I could kind of get to crying, I remember thinking about my grandfather, uh, his funeral, so that I could get to crying because I thought the key is in the crying. The key is not in the crying. The key is not in the length. The key is not in the volume. The key is not in the number. The key is returning to God what he has given to us. And his word doesn't return void. But if you don't return his word, it seems like it's void. It has to be returned. So there has to be the receiving first. So I want you just to lay your hand on your on yourself. Because we're wanting to be this. Father God, in 2024, in this time together in your presence, we're presenting ourselves to you. Teach me to be a good receiver. Help me receive. Help me when I wake up in the morning that I'm receiving. I'm receiving. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, a lot of times the, uh, the beginning of receiving is just receiving him. A lot of times we're looking for spiritual truths or things to identify, but receiving him and still being awestruck with him. He told me one time, he said, you can achieve being spiritual and miss me by a mile. There are, there are spiritists, people in the occult, people that are Uh, are proficient in the realm of the spirit with all kinds of evil spirits, familiar spirits, occultic spirits. They know that realm of the spirit. He's not called us to that. He's called us to him. He wants us to be familiar with him. I love that song that we were singing about when I wake up in the morning, you know, and all these things start coming to you about him. Our lives are hid with Christ in God. So when you're just receiving more of him on a daily basis, whatever you need to know is in him. So it's not, first of all, what? Or who else, or when, or where. It's just you. It makes it so simple. That one thing, just Him. And in Him, we find all the wins, what's, where's, who's, everything. There's heaps of decisions all of us are going to need to make this year. And we're not going to make stupid ones, we're going to make good choices. But the first choice is him. Because in him is every single good choice. Praise the name of the Lord. So there is that. Now, put up that other one of the field. The field of satellites. This is what he showed me a prayer meeting is. (laughs) 
a corporate prayer meeting is a whole field of these things. It isn't just additional receptivity that happens when these come together. I read in one of them uh, the um, explanations of what I was seeing in another picture of the field because I've been looking at these fields for a little while. It multiplies the receptibility. It's not just one plus one plus one. When they're put together, they're able to receive amazing amounts. Woo. God is trying to train people. And God put it on, on uh, Pastor Joel's heart. I, what a wonderful pastor thing to do. To bring us to a place. Not a pray. Pray. Pray more. Pray harder. No. Of working together with God to receive more from God. Why? Because the more you receive from God, the more can be transmitted from God. Hallelujah. The big thing is, is that no one ever may know you. (laughs) Is that okay? Would it be okay if people knew him? That we could make him known. We could make him known in this city. We could make him known in this area. We could make him known in this nation. And we, through our prayers, which we did this morning, we can help make him known literally in other places of the world. That just gives me goosebumps. Now, I just want to just share just some... Just these are just some ways of the Spirit to help you to understand when you come into a corporate thing, none of these satellites are pointed at another satellite. Did you notice that? Are all the satellites are pointed at one designated satellite? No. Everyone is a receiver of God. You don't you don't have to you know know everything about the Bible. You you can feel like you're just really in kindergarten in in things of God. But everyone is one of those. Everyone can do that. Everyone can look away from one another. Everyone can look away from the devil. Everyone can look away from the news. Everyone can look away from what the devil is doing in the world. And everyone can look at the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we just for 10 seconds do that together? Everyone look at him. Hallelujah. Now for the last five seconds while our eyes are on him, lift up your voice and worship him. Hallelujah. (laughs) You are a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, uh, Jen said something last night. 
something really precious about Moses that God loved is that he was not just into what he does. Okay, we're really into what he does. Okay, we love testimonies. All of us love testimonies of what God does. And the Bible's jam-packed full of good testimonies. But Moses was, uh, he was a satellite kind of a guy. He wasn't just the other end, you know, where all the good stuff came out. He was also into the inner workings of how it works to get to the other people. (laughs) And um, this is one of the ways of God. He deals with us in a group like this. And, and we won't go to all the examples in the, in the Word of God, but, uh, you know, groups of people talked to him, and he talked to those groups of people. In both the Old and in the New Testament. But to get into this kind of function and prayer operation... He does deal with us in this kind of a setting. But recently, it was, uh, it was in during a time of prayer, and it came by tongues and interpretation. I saw something that I hadn't understood, and I didn't know. Isn't it wonderful to keep learning? He said this. That he leads everyone individually. He knows us as a congregation. He knows he knows us as 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 a whole group of people. But he loves to lead us and leads us individually. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows He knows what's happening that you don't want anyone else to know that's happening. That you don't even tell yourself that's happening. You know what I mean? He knows everything. He just leads you. He's so not just interested in the product. He's interested in every working. And we are that working. So it matters to him about every area of your life. He wants prayer results. He wants kingdom, big kingdom results. But he wants you okay. He wants things right in your house. He wants things right in your mind. Sorted in your body and in your finances and job. And I love that about him. So he said there's a higher place for us to get corporately. And I'm telling you this as a, as a group who is corporately praying. He said there are amazing, staggering, 
stunning prayer results that will happen in the days to come. These days, too. I mean, good things are happening. I believe good things happened as a result of our prayer today. But as we become proficient to not one of the, the satellites be looking that way, another looking that way, and then there a hunk of them are just listening to the guy on the platform saying, yeah, he's praying. Okay, yeah, I, I, and I also agree with that. But never looking this way. Never a sense of responsibility directly to the head. We're each connected to him. He said, for us to function on a different plane, on a different level, we go there individually. Expect his leading in your life to be augmented for the volume in his, of his leading in your life to be cranked up. Can you just expect it? That's one reason I like that song, you know, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm thinking of this. Because it's true. He waits for you to wake up in the morning. Oh, she's almost, well, no, she's gone again. <laughs> Waking up. Because in the morning, just like Jesus, he wakens our ear to hear. He wakens our ear to hear, not the alarm. He wakens our ear to hear him. And it's really quite lovely. So you, you don't just have somebody else's testimony and, oh, you know, our, our pastor or the leaders in our church are really amazing. It's like you have your own story. You have your own song praising your Savior all the day long. You know what I mean? Praise the name of the Lord. So <clears throat> I am really looking forward to some great times in him. We're going to look at some things in the scripture. <clears throat> and I think you guys are, I, I, I'm good to go for right now. <laughs> you can stay there, but I, I won't need any uh, songs for right now. And I don't know if that looks very good, but it was bugging me, so. <laughs> okay. You know, at the, the beginning of the year, um, everything is about, oh, we're going to do, I'm going to do. And um, uh, my husband, Tony, you know, he looked at, to see what um, Ozzy's, were uh, they were saying how many percentage of the Aussies made New Year's resolutions and then what it was? I don't know even how they knew that, but um, but anyway, a lot of it has to do with health and what you're going to do with your body and what you're going to do with food and it is that's kind of like on the top, but it also had to do with you know different kind of goals in business and in life and family and holidays and that kind of a deal. And, uh, and so it, there can be uh, with this, and I'm, I'm talking about, um, about prayer. 
uh, it, it can fall into a, a New Year's resolution of, oh, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And, um, and, uh, and so I, we're going to move away from that. Because <laughs> by March the 12th, you're going to not do it anymore. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that I I know that because um, I heard somebody else say it but actually uh, it's amazing how disappointing you can be to yourself um all right, I'm just going to give you heaps of, is, is it okay if we do a word thing today, kind of uh, in the word? Are you ready to go? And, I, but, and you're, you can either go there, but if you go, you've got to go fast. Because I'm going to speed through these uh, so that we can get a lot of them. And uh, the first one is in Exodus, the 16th chapter, and... Um, uh, Aaron, in my purse are my glasses. It's in one of the pouches in the, f- in, in the front, or in the back, in the middle, somewhere. <laughs> Find it. <laughs> okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. That's Exodus. Um, I'll t- tell you. Uh, it's see if there's another pair in there that I don't have to take off. All right. <laughs> okay. There should be another pair I can just leave on. These could be distracting to you. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. These are not my husband's favorite. Anyway. (laughs) Exodus 16. Should be in the front pouch. Um, (laughs) That's it. Thank you. All right. And everybody said amen. (laughs) All right. Exodus 16 and verse 21. It said, after this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its needs. Psalm 68 verse 19. You can write that down. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation. Selah. Matthew 6 and verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. That is why, and then in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed. How often, you reckon? Every day. Lamentations 3. Verse 22 and 23, we had this a little bit in one of our songs. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh. How often, you reckon? Each morning. 
each morning. Isaiah 32 and ver- or 33 in verse 2. Oh, Lord, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you. Be our strong arm each day and our salvation in times of trouble. Now, when we are, when we're born again, when we're born, we are, uh, <laughs> we have access to a lifetime of oxygen. It's available to us. On our first breath, there is enough oxygen in the world for us to have oxygen for our entire life, but you don't need it in your first breath and in your first day. You need it on every breath. You breathe out and then whoop, you're going to need some more oxygen. And then you breathe that out and then you're going to need some more. You do that all your life, but it happens that way with food There's enough food in the world for you to eat the rest of your life, but you can't eat it at one setting. You don't sit down at a table and say, I'm going to eat and I'll never have to eat another again a day, the day uh, until, until tomorrow. (laughs) That's the way it is. But at Thanksgiving, you know, you think I will never eat again. And then Thanksgiving evening. You mysteriously, miraculously, you're hungry. So, um, in the natural, there uh, there is supply. There's amazing supply of what your body needs, but you cannot consume it. In a moment, you cannot consume everything in a day. There are some things that you need moment by moment, and there are some things that you need day by day. Uh, in God, in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But you could never appropriate everything that he has blessed you with in one say, I just receive everything I need from God. And from here to the end of my life, I am absolutely blessed. Well, tomorrow you're going to need to do the same thing. He did not set it up for, I'm talking about us being receivers right now for you to receive everything from God that there is in a moment. And one reason why is if you were to receive everything, I'm talking about appropriate everything that he has blessed you with, you know what you'd do? You'd say, I'll see you when I die. It's been nice to, you know, to get saved. You're a wonderful savior. I'll see you at the other end. Because, hey, I'm blessed. I've got to live. I've got to do stuff with these blessings before I die. And I'll see you at the end. That's not why he blessed us. In John, the sixth chapter with, with, um, 
uh, one of the reasons why they wanted to kill Jesus was because of John the sixth chapter, what he was saying in that chapter, and we wouldn't get off of it. He multiplied bread earlier in the chapter, and then he got on the subject of bread, and he said, I am bread. They were so happy with the bread he was breaking and giving it to them. Oh, they were eating that up, eating that up. Then he moved it a little closer. He said, I'm bread. And then he got a little closer and he said, if you eat of me. Well, then they thought he was being, you know, odd. And he was talking about, you know, what is that thing that starts with a C? cannibalism. And if you drink my blood, you know, it made him mad. They were, they had nearly killed him over that. And he, he got out of that. But what we're happy to do a lot of times is ask him for something, ask him for, ask me for this water and don't get any closer to him than you absolutely have to. He's got to stretch his hand out, and you've got to stretch your hand out, and you're off and, and running. Because you've got places to go, people to, people to do it with. And he isn't going to come back to me until he needs more water. And they'll think, oh, yeah, I got water from, from, from God. <laughs> So he'll come and he'll get just close enough, just close enough for a handoff. And then out he goes again. (laughs) Why? Because he's got places to go. He's got things to do. He's got things on his calendar. He needed a little, little needed a little healing there. Needed a little blessing there so that his life didn't have a wrinkle And you're not going to see me again or hear another prayer out of my mouth until I have another need. That is not what God's looking for. He's not looking for a handoff. Come up here. He is, he's not just even looking just for this. People in the Old Testament even had this, people were able to walk with him. He got inside of us. He wasn't close enough until he could get inside of us. And we could be inside of him. And we could function as one. So the idea of it God is looking for on a daily encounter with him a daily prayer experience isn't just prayer results. It's proximity. It's a constant, it's a communion. It's an awareness in every moment of him. So, God's people, I'm going to give you some more scriptures of things that have happen every day. Psalms 145, verse 2 says, I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Proverbs 8 and verse 34 said, 
blessed is the man who listens to me watching every Sunday morning when we come to church. No. It says watching daily at my gates, waiting, waiting at the post of my doors. Luke nine twenty three. He said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. How, when, how often you reckon? At the annual conference. In January, we're going to take it up one more time. No, take it up every day. Take it up every day. Take it up every day and follow me. Um, he moved me away from things like saying, I'll never do that again. I will never do that again. Anybody say that? Like today? <laughs> or at least this year, I'll never do that again. He said, don't, don't say that. You don't see instruction and in that you do see repentance. But what you do uh, on a daily basis enables in that, in that taking up a cross thing, a daily commitment is, uh, develops what is absolutely opposite to the natural uh, trajectory of, of growing up. In, in, in growing up, um, I have a, a 21-month-old grandbaby, and I'll be seeing her before I go back to Australia. And it's amazing, that little child. You know, I was there when she was born, and um, you had to do everything for her. If they're going to move their arm, you've got to move it. Move their leg, you've got to move it. They're exactly in whatever position you put them in. Whatever they have on or don't have on is what you put on them. But so soon, uh, all their senses are going constantly. They're just looking, 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 and listening, and, and experiencing, and just ta- receiving, receiving, receiving. What happens, it enables them to start becoming independent. And it's a beautiful process. It's an interesting thing when they can actually take food and put it in their own mouth. And it is a glorious red letter day (laughs) when they do that. It's even a banner day when they can be potty trained. It's just like, can we have a national holiday? (laughs) You want to put it on social media and it's not appropriate, you know. It's that independence is is amazing and beautiful and painful, can be kind of painful too. I remember when uh, Liliana went to um, uh, Scuola Materna. We were living in Italy at the time, and it was, that's a, like a preschool. And uh, Tony and I, um, we stayed outside. You know, we had to just drop her off. We stayed outside and looked through the bushes. <laughs> and it was a Catholic school. Mother Superior caught sight of us, and she said, It's Italian for go. <laughs> we had, but it was, you know, it's just like, ha, 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 you know, leaving your baby. 
but then they drive, and then they do, you know, and then, then they they may they move to a different country. They moved to this country. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing. So it is the natural maturation process to become uh, independent in God. It's exactly the opposite. The more you grow, the more you depend. The more you depend. Jesus is our example, our best example. He said, I don't even say anything but that I hear him say. And I don't do anything except what I see him do. And a lot of times we say, I said a good confession this morning, cussed a few times in the day, said some gossip a little later, and na 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 But hey, that, I'm not about, it, about the spanking. I'm just saying in the maturation process, you just depend on the input upon receiving. You're more conscious about the receiving from him, the inspiration so that you have something to breathe out. You're aware. You're, you're aware of of it and you become more aware of it and that's why you don't um you don't say I'll never do that again cuz in the heavy heavy is on you to be amazing and wonderful and more wonderful than you were before but actually as a as a as a believer it isn't you being better it's him being bigger in you he just is bigger in you. So you just receive him. You know, we, we were singing, uh, and I, I thought about that, you know, while we were singing, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. Isn't he good? Okay, so we have heaps of songs about you're so good. In the morning I say you are good. In the evening I say you... And it's not, it's not extreme. It's just true. He's just good. You're so good. But we could also say you're faithful, you're faithful, you're faithful. You're merciful, you're merciful, you're merciful. And you could think you're so wonderful, you're so wonderful, and I'm such an idiot, I'm such an idiot, I'm such an idiot. Or I have this weakness, I have, I'm not so good here. You know, I I was um, I was running one night in um, in the nighttime in Singapore when we lived there, and I uh, I came uh, to uh, I could just see the sky. I put my hands up, and um, I said, "Oh God, you're so faithful. You're just so faithful." I, I've, and I'm just so thankful that you are because when I'm not faithful, you're still faithful, and I haven't been faithful. I kind of started going on about that. You're so faithful. And he said, 
He said, put your hands up to me and receive my faithfulness. That's why we started off the way we did today. Put your hands up to me and receive my faithfulness. He said, if you keep receiving my faithfulness, you'll be as faithful as me. (laughs) Or you'll become faithful like me. You will remind people of me. Would that be refreshing? Rather than reminding people, you know, of the devil. (laughs) The devil's not our father. He's our father. Jesus is our Lord. So this dependence, this dependence on him. So, you know, the next time you're singing these wonderful songs about him, the whole thing, Emmanuel thing, was to get all of that in you in an identifiable sort of a way. Not just a fish hanging from the, from the rear view mirror. It, like there's actual goodness coming out out of you. It came out of Jesus so much that somebody came to him and said, good master. They called him good. It was appropriate. I mean, you know, he was so good. And Jesus scolded him or corrected him at least. He said, don't call me good. No man is good, but God. In other words, he was saying, if you see anything good about me, it's father. And the reason why people could see Father in Jesus is because Jesus needed him more than just January, more than just Sunday, every day. You know, I was listening to Pastor Joel's uh, sermons uh, of, um, you know, starting this off, and you used... John 15. Brother Hagen used John 15 every year that he started prayer school. Uh, and, um, and John 15, 7 was his golden text. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask. Remember, your pastor preached that on. What, uh, when was that? Whenever. Okay, so. What happens when there is this dependency on him and needing him? Needing him not because you don't have him. Needing him like you need oxygen. It's just like, well, I just had it just a second ago. But I breathed that out. Now I'm ready for more. So it isn't, uh, it isn't saying we don't have. It's just that there is a continual, uh, a continual appreciation for more of him. What happens when that happens in prayer and in, in his personage, he thinks through your mind and he gives desires in your heart. A lot of times we use that verse of scripture and rightfully so delight in the Lord and he will what? He'll give you the desires of your heart. And it's true. He does. He gives you the things that you desire. But also when you delight in the Lord, he actually messes with your desires. And it's one way that you start identifying things that, 
that he wants you to be aware of, to pray for. He makes you tender to them. Groups, demographics of people. He, he will, when, when you're delighting in him, he, he makes you see people maybe that you even hated before or didn't like before. Had, had a bias against for whatever reason. But the more he just amalgamates into your desires, he desires things through you. Until when you look at it, you're moved with compassion. So in a corporate, in a corporate setting like this, a church setting, and when we'd all come together, and if you can put that, uh, that um, you know, with the satellites, the field of satellites, there can be a, a, a church of people who one person has a, des- has a real tenderness, tenderness to an age group of people. Maybe to the elderly. Just tender. What do you mean tender? The definition in the dictionary even uses the word pain. You sense their pain. And, and, and instead of pulling away from it, and you, and you, le- you, you lean into them. You move toward them. Hey, you want to do something. But it moves your prayers. Your prayers don't become, you know, we need to pray for da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like you're moved with compassion. When you see something, and you're like, oh. But it doesn't have to be the same. Because he's not, he's not just saying, now everybody in this room, you know, has to have the same Tenderness. It doesn't have to be. There can be commonalities. There can be things common. But every person in here, start paying attention to his his leading through you. Love is one of the main things about him that all of us have. We can be from different places of the world wear different clothes, have different food, have different looks about us, but one commonality about us is love. And when that starts identifying, uh, it's not just love to the Lord, but it's like he starts loving through you and people are identified as a group of people. You'll find it's so easy, it's so so much easier to pray when you've received. It just comes out. We could do, you know, just an exercise right now. And in fact, okay, let's just do it. Everybody take a breath in. And now breathe out. And now just, just keep breathing out. Just keep. Don't you dare breathe in, but just keep breathing out. Just keep breathing out. What's wrong with (laughs) y'all?
it gets to be a place where you can't. Prayer gets to be a real drag. And it's like, okay, it's a New Year's resolution. I'm going to pray this amount of time in the morning. I'm going to just, I'm going to just, I'm going to just, I'm going to just. And, and pretty soon, God in heaven is looking and saying, I'm so sorry <laughs> that you're having to talk to me because I can see this is a real drag. <laughs> you can imagine how happy I am. Watching you. Because a lot of times, prayer like that, you can't even lift your eyes to the Lord. And you have to just revert to a piece of paper that tells you what to say. And while you're saying it, you're making a list of groceries. And what you're going to do that day and the rest of the week and the rest of the month. It's amazing. Let's, let's, not, let's not make prayer diminished. It's the greatest privilege a human can have of interaction with God. It's beautiful, but the only, he actually is the instigator of prayer, not us. We love because he first loved us, but we have something to pray because he gives us his will to pray confidently. He gives us love. I think it was, I can't remember who was, I think it was Kevin this morning, you know, when you were leading us in prayer for India, you were talking about groaning and travail. You think, how do people do that? Like, like pray with tears or like, oh, you know, and it not be fake. Like, who wants to be fake? Well, we want real prayer because real prayer gets real answers. Well, then you have to have real compassion. But compassion can get so big in you like it did in Jesus. It physically moved Jesus to touch people, to multiply food. Compassion helped him to do that. It motivated him to teach. And perfect love casts out fear. Help, perfect love will help move you past your fear of being self-conscious. And you just think, oh, you need help. <laughs> you just want to touch. Prayer moves. I tell you, compassion in prayer. Makes you pray. Not like... Dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember, um, it was years ago, it was in the beginning of the 80s, and uh, Brother Hagen had a prayer meeting once a, a, a week, 
and um, it started on Monday nights. I think it moved to Wednesday night. And um, we, uh, he, he was teaching us, these were way back in early, you know, days where most everybody that, that came to Ramah back in those days uh, were from denominations. Uh, one time when I asked the student body, uh, 50% of them were Catholic, had come right out of a Catholic church to come to school. So it was way back then. So uh, he was teaching us how to pray for the different prayer requests that were phoned into the ministry. So he'd say, okay, this is how we pray for healing. He'd say this after me, you know, had to put it in our mouth. So we'd never said those kind of words quite like that before. We were just, oh, oh God, do something. <laughs> please, 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 please. Okay, 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 fix that. Stop that. So say this, and he just taught us to pray the word. Okay, now there's, these prayer requests came in for financial situations. This is what we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, and we started, he'd just say, say this after me. Pray, and he'd have us pray the word, God's word. And we returned it back to God. And the same with all different kinds of different needs. But then... The Lord told him, pray for the rain. The rain. That's what we prayed about this morning. The rain of the presence of God. He comes as the rain. And so we prayed. We had cutouts of the nations on each place, <laughs> you know, all around the auditorium. And we had one in the shape of, listen to this, the USSR, the Soviet Union. And it dawned on me this last year when I was telling that story that anybody under the age of 30 might not have ever, ever seen the shape of the USSR. They might not have even, what is the USSR? <laughs> what is the Soviet Union? Why? Because it doesn't exist. But it did exist. Thirteen countries bound together with barbed wire, communism. It's hideous, terrible. I went, I went to the USSR before communism came to an end. And I tell you, there was no way you were bringing, you couldn't preach there at all. You know, you had to sneak, which I personally loved. I loved that sneaking thing. You know, we had to sneak plates for Brother Hagin's books. You know, we had to sneak them in. It was great. I loved that stuff. We snuck to, a, you know, underground prayer meeting, you know, and had to, you know, be kind of cool. <laughs> oh, it was just amazing. But, um, but anyway, we, so we started praying once a week for the rain. Send the rain on Brazil. Send the rain on South America. Send the rain on North America. Send the rain on Europe. You know, we would go around those different cutouts in places. Other, send the rain on Australia. Australia had one too. And then he'd say, and we pray. And he'd say, say this after me. 
Lord, send the rain, send the rain on the USSR, on the Soviet Union. We'd say on USSR and the Soviet Union. Send the rain of your spirit. Send the rain of your spirit. So he would be saying, send the rain. And we'd go, send the rain. We just said it after him. Send the rain. The rain of your presence. The rain of your presence. No fire, no feeling, no compassion, no nothing. But when you start getting his words, because we'd pray from James 5, we'd pray from Zechariah 10, verse 1, we'd pray in all the rain verses of Scripture, we'd pray those started affecting just like how your how uh, pastor joel was saying you get the word in you you get in the word and then the word gets in you well the word is a living word too that has love and pretty soon we were like send the rain And then pretty soon we couldn't just be in our chair. We'd have to go over to the wall and lay hands on that cutout. We'd go, send the rain. (laughs) Pretty soon one day a week wasn't enough to accommodate the prayer. It was just like, "Ah, send the rain. To different places in the world. And in that place of the world. And he did send the rain. And I won't go into all the detail about it. But one of those raindrops hit Gorbachev in the head. That's why he has that spot, you know. <laughs> I'm not, 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 probably not. But anyway, he got this amazing idea for a perestroika glasnost, you know, redoing of the USSR. And because three leaders hit all, three presidents of that uh, leaders of that of the so- Soviet Union had died in the space of four years, <sighs> just dropping dead. He was the only one available to be the next leader, and he had this God idea, and God had prepared him through all these years of praying, sin the rain. Communism and that Soviet Union, those countries bound together with that, was dissolved with no war. And ministries around the world that had been poised, ready to rush in at any moment, did. Churches sprang up everywhere. Interpreters that would interpret for you would get saved while they were interpreting. It's just wonderful. What could God do with a group of people that start carrying his heart? He can point you. He can point you to whatever is in him that needs to be received. I'm talking about in prayer. He'll get that group of people praying about things that are his will. And there is no political way it can happen. There is no economical way it can happen. There is no 
impossible human way for it to happen, but there is a divine God way for it to happen, and he needs a group of people to receive it and pray it. Are we curious at what God could do? I'm telling you, I guess the, the long and short of it, and I'm just about finished, is that when you're really engaging him and receiving from him, you're going to change. You are going to change. I'll use this one, one last example. There is a, you know, the church that we took over is a biker church. <laughs> Can't even believe God does that. <laughs> a biker church. Everyone had tats. <laughs> Except for Tony and me. Everyone, everyone had been a, a drug dealer, a drug taker, a pimp or a prostitute. Everyone had been something. Except I had, had been a Pentecostal preacher's girl. You know, it's just like, are you kidding? Is this the right place? Tony smoked marijuana once. And got a kidney uh, infection, <laughs> reaction. <laughs> he did other bad stuff, and that, that helped him get in the door. <laughs> but there was a woman. They had some real people of prayer because they would pray the word. Well, this one woman that she came and talked to, she came and talked to me. She said, I have to tell you, she said, I, I think, you know, you know, we really want the church to go good. And, and I used to be in leadership here and stuff, but I, I have to tell you the truth. I never, ever quit smoking weed. I, I just couldn't. I just I tried, but I, I couldn't. And she said, if you want to kick me out, you can. So I did. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't kick her out. So I said, you know what? If, you, if you'll just keep coming to Jesus, you're going to outgrow that. It's just going to be something that you just outgrow. She said she had tried and tried and tried and promised and promised. And anyway, she couldn't. She kept, anyway. She, different things happened. I won't go into the detail, but she backslid bad, bad. And, uh, she was in a prayer group that I, I was in before she backslid and I really liked her and she had potential in the, in the, in the Lord. I could just see good gracious woman. What God wants to do with you is just amazing. But she had these things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? These things. So, anyway, so she was backslid for six years. She said she never prayed a prayer. Never prayed a prayer. She never thought much about it, God or nothing, because she was so busy doing wrong. 
She was watching TV, watching the news one day, and she was just watching, and they started saying that they were in in um, Australia, they were going to vaccinate babies and small children. This was in 2020 or 2021, maybe. Anyway, somehow, God just got the jump on her while she was just thinking, you know, about everything and, and being bad. The next thing she knew, she was laid flat on her face on the floor, crying and crying, the babies, the babies. Oh, God, help the babies. Help the children. Help the children. She started praying like weeping, travailing. Got up totally delivered. She has lived like a saint since then. She's, our, she's one of our greatest prayers. She fasts and prays. But it was not from any vow that she made, the strength of any vow. It was the power of compassion. It's amazing. And she wasn't even, she wasn't even being, she wasn't even being an amazing Christian. She wasn't being, trying to be anything. But he had never left her. And he is love. And he's going to help us pray in these days that are looking darker and weary and horrible and scary. He's going to help us pray with no fear, no anger, but with great authority. He wants to guide us in our prayer. We don't, we don't sound mad, but we do sound strong. Amen. Great authority over the devil. Hallelujah.